Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We have we have moved on from the Red Rising series, starting a new book today. We have read the first third of Circe by Madeline Miller. Ooh, Circe. That is. How do you? Say? I say Circe. Ooh, I don't know. I maybe we we. Maybe we agree to disagree well, here. I'd go Cersei because I think the Game of Thrones character I also call Cersei, and I don't want to uh, to have an overlap mm. there. So I'll go. Let's go Cersei. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go Cersei. We have read up to chapter eleven, so we've read the first ten chapters. That's where we stopped. And let me say, I said this at the when we announced this. I know very little about Greek mythology. Okay, so so people that are like super into it, I'm sorry for the for the nonsense that I will be spouting here. This is like, of course, I read the Odyssey and stuff in school because for some reason it's like ubiquitous, but I don't know very much about it. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, Luke, don't apologize for being who you are. Uh, you know, some people, some people just don't know Greek stuff, and and that's fine. I know a little bit, so so I'll kind of bring some of that into it. Okay. But to start off, I always have a problem with the Greek stuff, with what the gods are like. So okay, obviously we'll talk a lot about this, about their like interactions with each other. But I just mean the the idea of the gods so in greek mythology there are a bunch of immortal beings that like interact with the world and have like motives and goals and try and try and do stuff and like people to worship them and and they can like create more of them so like are they gonna run out of space eventually like you can't (laughs) they will never die they can never die but they can make as many as like they're always doing it, like they're constantly right. doing it and making more. So are we gonna eventually end up with like tenement housing for undying beings where the nymphs have to live in like the basement and like they get like yeah. two by two feet to just stand in for all eternity? Yeah, you would think so, because I mean they're just. Like, it's constant, right? They're yeah. like bunnies. I'd say worse. And they don't die. <laughs> and they don't die. And they have, like, giant palaces. Yeah, they take up a lot of Where resources. Where are we putting these? Where are we putting them? Apparently I... inside the earth? Yeah, but that can only hold so many, right? Well, you're going to tell me they're going to colonize other planets, these gods who don't really care about math or science or anything? No, they're not. They're going to force the weaker ones to just, like, crowd into a big pen somewhere, and they're just going to keep throwing them on the pile as they're popping out. Maybe maybe this is why... This is, like, the better explanation for why they're so mad at Prometheus. Right? Because it's like, come on, man... We don't have unlimited space here. You can't be given like the entire surface of the earth to 
to humans. We need a, we're, we're doing okay now, but we're eventually going to need it. We need to look to the future, Prometheus, and you're not looking at the big picture, okay? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It would also make sense why it was so public, his torture and execute. Well, not execution. Again, this is my point. Even people who you like think should not exist. Well, too bad. Like, you can't get rid of anybody. It's just, it's wild to me that they're doing it's it. In, it's inconvenient. It's really inconvenient. And it's amazing that nobody cares when it all started. So they live forever. Like at some point, the first god would have been like, okay, I'm here now. And, you know, based on this principle that I'm going to live forever, uh, you know, eventually we're going to fill up this whole planet. But I don't, it doesn't really matter how I came to exist. So let's just have a feast and and not worry about it. It's like, wait, wait, hold on, though. This is kind of a interesting thing that happened, and nobody cares. Nobody's nobody right, questions. You gotta grapple with the implication there a little bit. Yeah, nobody questions like what happened to cause this crazy thing to occur. Everyone's just like, yeah, we are. So whatever. So you, so you're saying that the gods themselves, the, the, this, ooh, this gets into like, like, religion levels. Right, because because what you're kind of implying is that the gods should have their own religion, because because religion I picture in general is is like an origin story for your for your species. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 It could be. And your and your current qualm is that the gods do not do not try to like probe where they came from. Exactly. Yeah. The gods just accept reality at face value. And it's like, you guys don't even care where any of this came from or why you're like, you don't care. Sure. Like maybe they have a story that two gods did it once and that made them. But like, where did they come from? There's got to be there's another level, Greek gods. And it's wild to me that like gods that live forever would still even like talk and interact in a similar way to people. I feel like. It just, they, they would be so alien to like a human's existence that we just wouldn't, we just wouldn't know what's going on. They live forever. They can't die. And they've lived for like hundreds and hundreds of years. What's what's going on guys? (laughs) I just, long story short, I just don't get the whole Greek God thing. I don't get it. Just the general, the general concept. Okay. Okay. I think that's fair. It's, um, yeah. What does time even mean if you live forever? You know, like, sure, Prometheus is going to be tortured for not ever, because at some point he'll probably be able to escape, because if he lives forever, the statistically, he's going to escape. So, like, what does it even mean? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, we're, we're saying that they live forever, I'm going to say that's a conclusion based on not enough evidence, right? Because we've never seen one of them die. Mm. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean, you, like, you can't prove a negative here, right? Well, but then you could also not prove that, like, 
Luke, I don't think I'm going to die. I think I'm going to live forever. Like, sure, we've seen a lot of other humans die, but that doesn't mean I'm going to. I Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I agree. Oh, all right. Hold on. I don't think you are either. Okay. Oh, interesting. You don't think I am. Okay. okay. This is absurd. <laughs> this is we're going we're going off track. I have I have something that's kind of that's kind of in the same vein. The fact that they live forever makes their well, okay. Let me let me try to think about this because they the time that we see is hard for me to track down, right? Because like for the first uh I don't know uh first f- like quarter of this book probably not quarter but but a, a small portion of this book is Circe being born growing up before she like is banished and comes into her own um her own self but a and that seemed as i was reading it to be like a normal time like amount of time until at the end of she's like, yeah, it's been like 10,000 years. So I was going to say that it's wild how quickly they make decisions. Like, for example, Helios accepts, Helios being Circe's father, accepts a marriage proposal, like, pretty quickly. But I don't know if that's true, actually. Like, maybe that, maybe this was like a thousand years of courtship that I, that I just, like, chalked up to a couple of days of them seeing each other. Yeah, but like, this is the thing that I just don't think we can understand about beings that live forever. Is it like, maybe that is the equivalent to a couple of days. You know what I mean? Like maybe our perspective of Cersei is Cersei's perspective also. And it's weird. It's just weird. Like the time is just weird for them. You know right. what I mean? Whereas like, like mortal history Yes, sure, has taken 10,000 years in the time that Cersei has been alive. But for Cersei history, we do have a good sense of it's like, oh, for her, it feels like it's been, I don't know, 30 years or whatever. Like, it's just time doesn't make sense for immortal things. <laughs> right, right. The last, the last thing I want to say about this, and I think there's a possibility that it explains why they're making so many babies all the time. Wars don't really make sense in this either because you're never so like sure the gods of Olympus and the Titans fought and the gods of Olympus won but you're not you don't kill any of the Titans like you didn't win forever so you have to keep pumping out gods at a at a rate that's higher than the other side that wants to put you down otherwise they're going to just oh. overwhelm you with numbers Oh, so, you, so you're thinking it's an arms race. I think it might be an arms race. That's why they're constantly making new gods because they want to overpower the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that theory. Yeah. And so they're... Let's go, yeah, let's go with that. They're not concerned about running out of space. They're just concerned with their petty feud for... I don't know what... It's hard to tell what they're even fighting to control i don't really i don't really know what the what the plan is um but yeah okay maybe maybe that's it It just seems like a waste to me it does it does okay 
I have I have a few notes in here about just like how terrible of people the gods all are. Oh yeah, they suck. They suck really bad. <laughs> they're not they're not the best people. And I, I I'm not gonna like obviously that's not that's not a new take. <laughs> right. So I'm not gonna like go go far into that. But I think it's just I think it's just something we should note. Not our favorite people, the gods here. No, I think Cersei's pretty cool. Cersei seems Cersei, sorry, Cersei seems like cool, and you feel bad for Cersei. And Prometheus also maybe is cool. Prometheus seems cool. Everyone else, even Cersei's brother, the cool one, is not that cool. Right. He started off cool just because he was like Team Cersei, but now. <laughs> We're kind of and by Team Cersei, we mean just, like, didn't constantly call her names and actually talk to her like a normal other being. Yeah. Right. It's a low bar. It's a very low bar. <laughs> I think it's interesting to see this this first scene with Prometheus. The hint that... The gods are, like, so interested in seeing pain and how, like, how scared they are of pain. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Because it's like, I I don't really know why, but... I think it's interesting. I, I imagine, like, okay, all the gods are a little bit either sadistic or masochistic because in their lives they don't have any pain right there's that that's completely foreign to them but there's got to be a couple that are like "Ooh, i actually might want to try that out there's got to <laughs> be a couple that are like "Ooh, that actually looks kind of tempting i could be i could be into that yeah i think i think that's probably fair am i gonna am i gonna pee on zeus's beard to try that out <laughs> i would i would imagine you would go for something safer first but i don't but i'm not sure about that I mean, right? P- like, you know, you go in a controlled environment. I, I don't think you can just ask another one of the gods to take out a whip and, and smack you with it. I feel like that takes some of the danger out of it. You've got to like, mm. you've got to get one of the furies who's got those magic whips to really lay into you because then it feels real. Yeah. And yeah. and then, I mean, I imagine the, the whips are special, so they actually do a good amount of damage but you do a little bit of like you're not going all in right you're not doing something that gets you internal punishment no 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 no. for sure not yeah prometheus went a little too far i think (laughs) oh well hold on though because we don't know what how he ramped up to this right oh that's true maybe prometheus did a few test runs he, you know, he cut his hand a little bit with the knife and was like, ooh, that feels kind of good, actually. And then maybe he played a prank on Apollo and got like 30 lashes. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to dive in. I'm giving fire to the mortals. <laughs> and this is what he's telling. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> this is what he's telling Cersei to do. He's like, hey, not all the gods are the same. Maybe you're into pain stuff. And Cersei's like taking some deep meaning from this, like, oh, hmm, I wonder what he meant about that. And he's just like, no, nah, I'm really into whips. <laughs> and manacles. 
Yeah, I like the I I like that we're already here. We're already we're already here theorizing that our guy Prometheus is 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 a masochist into into some like self-flagellation maybe. Well, not not self-flagellation. He no, could not self. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it sounds like he's into maybe some BDSM stuff. Um Oh, definitely. Which which speaking of like sex stuff that's not vanilla a lot of these gods are into or rumored to be into bestiality stuff right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very so into like sill yeah. oh what is it Scylla, the one that gets turned into the weird monster Ooh. or skilla i don't skyla i don't i would say skilla skilla because this nah. is like a common thing. No, 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 no. We're going Skilla. Okay, okay. So Skilla, when when the story is being told of her transformation, the person telling the story, and I think it's Helios's wife or Oceanus's wife, one of the two. She's like, yeah, I was down by Skilla's bathing pool the other day. And I saw some like tentacle shoot up out of there. And I was like, oh, well, sometimes Skilla gets into some weird stuff. Let me check this out. Let's see what's going on. <laughs> and uh, well, she turned into a monster. It wasn't that other thing, which would have also been fun. But, uh, but now she's a monster. <laughs> now she's a monster. Yeah. To, now that you say this, the idea that some of the gods might be into masochism is not surprising right no, not like at that's all. that's pretty tame for them actually yeah absolutely and if you live forever you've got to at least try stuff out right right yeah no okay we're totally on board on point here <laughs> we're 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 making the claim that for sure some of the gods are into masochism and these quote-unquote punishments that zeus is handing out are actually their greatest fantasies right Right. It's like how it's like how Helios when he pub, when he punished Circe, it was like in some ways kind of like a reward, right? Like he made it he made it he made it a good thing for her. With the these, island. These gods that are getting yeah, yeah, the island. These gods that are getting these punishments maybe orchestrated a little bit of it, you know? They were like they when they were, you know, pleading with Zeus or Helios or whoever was doling out the punish they punishment they were like oh please 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 don't uh throw me into a vat of oil and light it on fire please oh that'd be the worst (laughs) oh don't tie sharp rocks to my feet and make me walk through the desert oh please (laughs) i would hate that for sure for sure that's happening yeah okay that's for sure happening (laughs) okay i'm gonna move us on okay all right Although I could see us circling back. Mm-hmm. Um, when when Circe meets up with, uh, what's his name? Glaucos, mm-hmm. the mortal. He, they, you know, they're, they're, they're hanging out for a while. And then at one point she tells him about Prometheus. And he's like, that was like a really long time ago. And he freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> and she has to like not she has to calm him down by like pretending like she's not that old what are you talking about i know i was like why is this guy freaked 
Like, dude, you are talking to a goddess right now. And you, like, you know that they're immortal. Right? I, I, I feel like they know that they're immortal. And, and you're just... I, I don't get the freak out. I just don't get it. Well, and it's like, okay, you've got the story of Prometheus. So you already kind of know the deal, right? Like, don't you already know that the gods live forever? So... Why does it matter that this chick is super old? What what does that change about any of like your relationship with this person or with this god? It doesn't it doesn't change anything. Uh I don't. Maybe this is like a maybe this is like a an Aragon and what's the name of the elf that he's super into? Arya. Maybe it's an Aragon and an Arya situation. Where he's like, oh, she's got all this life experience and it would be kind of like weird. It would be kind of like her dating a child if she dates me. So, yeah, but it's already, it's already you're a human and she's a god. Like you already know that part. (laughs) So anything else is like irrelevant. The other crazy thing, yeah, okay, I- I'm I'm with you 100% on this, okay? The cr- other crazy thing about it is, like, he gets weirded out by her with this information, right? Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what, I would get it if she was like, oh, you're only, like, 30 years old? Oh, that's a little weird. But he's like, oh, you're super old? Mmm, I don't know if we can make this work. She, dude, you know she wants you. It's so obvious at this point. And you're like, mm, yeah, I only date women under 50. So uh, not really into it. I do know that you you did get a bunch of fish to flop onto my boat that one time, which was cool. But um, you're very old. So <laughs> I'm also a poor fisherman with like no prospects, but. I don't know about this whole you and me thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird move by Glockos. This, this is okay. I have a general question Mm -hmm. about, about aging things by generations, right? Because Mm -hmm. he says that the Prometheus story is like, I don't know, 10 generations old. I don't know if he was just saying 10 as like a large number or not, but what, how, how long is a generation? Because, like, let's say a person lives for 70 years. Mm-hmm. Is a generation 70 years? No. Or is a generation, like, 20 years because people are having kids at 20? I think it's 20. I think we're talking 20 years here. In that case, like, that's not... That's actually not that long. I know. Well, he, says, he says 10 generations. It's like two, that's, like, that's like 200 years, which, okay, sure, like, is a lot, yes, but not really. No, it's not at all. And the, okay, here's the other crazy thing about this. Let's say she says that to him and he's like terrified because he realizes, oh, wait, these creatures like live forever or they live a very long time. Like, this is the first time you're super worried about it. I get at the very beginning, you were like constantly bowing and stuff. I thought we had gotten over that. Like, I thought we were already to the point where you were like, I get that you're a god, and you know what? I'm cool with it. You got to take all the other stuff, too. 
I think he he's just maybe not a deep thinker. I think that's for sure true. Yeah. I don't think many he of He just the... like doesn't think past the what's in front of his face. That's true. So I guess in that case he fits very well in with most of the other nymphs and and gods and stuff. And Circe definitely deserves better. So glad that didn't work out. Yeah. But Seriously. but can we also talk about the standards of beauty in this in this book? Because okay, Circe is talking about his transformation, and she's like, he started to turn blue, and grew barnacles all over his chest, and his hair turned green, and he grew a big thick beard. And I was like, oh no, he's turning gross. He's turning into Davy Jones from yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I thought it was a bad transformation at first, <laughs> but everyone was like, this guy is hot. <laughs> yeah apparently he looks great <laughs> apparently the barnacles really bring out his i don't know chest muscles could be could be i think that the uh you, you know it's already it's already pretty well well established that the gods have a pretty wide range of things that they're attracted to so as long as maybe they're like those are some good-looking barnacles. Those aren't those trashy barnacles. Those are the hot barnacles. They're like, ooh, I've never sucked on a barnacle before. Get that thing over here. Right, because there's, there's, there's hot cows and there's ugly cows, apparently. I don't see why there couldn't be hot barnacles and ugly barnacles. Well... <laughs> God, this is absurd. Yeah, <laughs> I I guess I just, I feel like the range would be much narrower. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I imagine the hottest barnacle comes nowhere close to the hottest cow. In the eyes, I'm going to preface all this, in the eyes of these gods, okay? I'm not saying <laughs> when I'm at the ocean, I'm looking at the barnacles and thinking, like, that's not as hot as the hottest cow I've ever seen. Like, I don't think I would do that. <laughs> But maybe these gods are just constantly ranking the attractiveness of all of these creatures. And sure, maybe the barnacles he's got are the sexiest ones they've seen so far. Sure. Maybe. And they're so starved for novelty, they're like, yeah, I'd give it a go. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> the other thing, maybe this is what Cersei's super into. Maybe we're learning about Circe's kinks because apparently it's not that it's revealed their true self from this. It's what Circe wants. Ooh. Oh, that's a good point. This is very revealing for her. So she might just be really into seaweed hair and barnacle play. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It sounds about right. I mean... Maybe. Maybe she's just experimenting, you know? She's young. Should grow out of this barnacle phase. Or not. Um, yeah, who's to say? Can we talk about how great her exile sounds? Oh, yeah, it sounds fantastic. Do you think... Do you think Helios did it on purpose? Like, do you think Helios puts on a front for all the other gods, but he really likes Circe? And he was like, mm. mm, I know Circe's gonna love this island. I picked it out special. It's where... I turned and started helping Zeus, so it's it's got that sentimental value. 
and it's just like nice and cozy. I think she can really grow there. I so hmm, potentially, I am kind of in the camp of him not, him not really liking her, but just like giving her something good out of pride, mm-hmm. right? Which is which is kind of what the book says. Yeah, but there's, but that doesn't really explain the fact that he chose the the specific spot, right? He chose the spot that he had killed or he had like turned to Zeus's side and had killed some some titan mm-hmm. which like which like gives her some opportunities. I I don't know if just his pride thing explains that. Like maybe there's some part of him that has a little bit of affection where he's like this could be a good place for her to get, for her to get a little witchcraft going. I bet she'd like that. <laughs> because if it's just pride, he's not doing that, right? Mm-mm. No. No. Well, and I feel like you give her a little better house, right? Like, sure, she's got a good house. But if you want to show, if you want to really show off, if you want to ball out, give her a big palace somewhere. Like, a huge one. Like, you go all in, right? I, mm-hmm. I kind of think that so there, there's like a conflict in the book between the Titans and the Olympian gods and all the Titans want Helios to turn on Zeus and they want to take back power. And I think Helios does want that. I think he is like strategizing how to do that though. Like I think Helios is definitely wanting to become back in power, like come back in power and take over Olympus again. I think he's just trying to find the right moves to do it. And so putting Cersei on the island, she's got some uh, special flowers from where the blood of the Titans fell. She's got a lot of herbs she can experiment with. Nobody's going to bug her there. Maybe he's like developing a little super weapon. So so in in Helios's mind, we're we're reading like a little training montage that he's set up. Mm hmm. Because mm-hmm. and he's always watching, right? Every day right. he's like checking it out, like mm, how's her training going? Pretty good. And I I think there's there's something to this as well because Helios, it said has prophecy, so he can see the future, and he's he's always kind of bargaining with Zeus. He's always trying to like be political with him, and so I think it's fairly clear there's a power struggle there between him and Zeus. And so perhaps when he did turn to help the Olympians, he saw in the future like a a resurgence of the Titans. And this is part of that future that he sees. Um, And so, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like he's just playing a big game. You know, he's always playing that. I think they they call it drots, Mm -hmm. which I imagine is similar to chess. Maybe I think he's just playing a big chess game right now. And uh, and a lot of people Mm -hmm. are pawns. A lot of a lot of these gods are pawns in this big game. That's that's kind of where I'm at. So yeah, I don't think he actually like cares that much about Cersei, but I think he cares about the power that she might have. I could see it. I could see it. Especially when he claims that no gods can make other gods and everyone is telling Cersei that like no, you can't make a new god. It's like fate. That's what happened. But Cersei did it. So that's that's incredible, right? That changes everything. Like, if Cersei can make gods, 
maybe she can unmake them. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where you could kind of see why they get so freaked out, right? The gods like Helios and apparently Zeus get a little bit freaked out. Mm -hmm. And I can see it now. I'm a little surprised that they're just like, okay, that's really scary. You guys, you guys, I don't want to hear about anymore. Go do your own thing. It seems like with this, if you're Zeus, you might want to take a little bit more action, right? Yeah, I get I So they explain why he doesn't as like the balance of power is just so where the Titans and the Olympians are kind of like the Titans see them as theirs. And so to punish them too much would be like infringing on Titans power too much. But I still think everybody should be a little freaked by this, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like you split them. You know what I mean? Like, half of them can stay with you on weekends, and the other half are going to be with us those weekends, and then weekdays, every other weekday we trade. Do you think after after they heard about what, what caused Skeela to become that monster, everyone that, like, they, everyone that's been kind of mean to Circe is like, I don't think I'm going to take a bath today. Not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. the That meeting chamber stank. People had not bathed. People have probably not bathed. Maybe that's why they made the deal that Circe had to go. Circe had to go. Mm-hmm. Helios is like, look, man, my house smells like trash right now. <laughs> Have you ever smelled thou- a thousand titans that haven't bathed? It's terrible. We need to put her somewhere or like things are going to get bad real fast. And Zeus is like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Does it seem like we needed a scientific method for these spells that Circe's coming up with? Uh, Yes. Because like she... Um... She claims that it's just like, oh, you've just got to be feeling it that day. All right. Are you like writing any of these steps down anywhere or like, you know, doing a little trial and error? Like, oh, maybe it only works at 4 p.m. on Tuesdays. It's not like, oh, maybe I was feeling super into it today. It seems to me like there's some kind of combination. Like she knows that there's best times to pick the flowers. Mm hmm or prepare them with certain types of knives or something. She kind of throws a little bit of shade at her sister later for not doing this kind of thing. Yeah, we love this, by the way. But but she does say that there's some inherent ability of hers and her and her siblings, I'm assuming, that is key to this kind of thing. And I don't know and it seems like she has, like, she says that every piece is different, right? Yes. Like one flower that you that you prepare is different than the next one. So I don't know how much, how much you can write down here, unless unless you think that there's like characteristics that she can classify for why they're different. It's yeah. Like, that flower had seven petals instead of the six that the last one had therefore it's gonna 
be better at uh, making deodorant. Okay, maybe. I just, I feel like there have to be rules. It can't just be random chance that this stuff is working or isn't. There have got to be a certain set okay, of rules that it's working on. You're, you're saying that based off of, off of like, us. Okay, well, then if it's random, you have no hope. If it's random, if it's purely random, then you have no hope of, like, figuring out the right way to do it. But it sounds like she kind of has an intuitive sense of the right way to do it. And so if you have an right. intuitive sense, there have to be some rules that underlie that. It's not just like... Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Where she's like, okay, I'm getting a, a certain sense from this one that means this. Yeah. Okay. So like, there's got to be some kind of explanation for where that comes from. They're, sure, the rules might not be like our rules. Like, maybe it's not the molecular composition. But, like, there are rules. And you have infinite time to figure out those rules. So, like, start writing this down. Start doing some statistical okay, analysis. Okay, okay. <laughs> Give me a Q test. <laughs> I'd, I'd be curious how good her, let's say, memory is. Because... There's no point in writing it down for other people, right? Like, it's not reproducible, in theory, among other people. Oh, this is an outstanding point. So maybe she just has all of this in her head. This is a great point, too, because this gets back at the problem we were having that I have with immortal beings. Like, if we lived forever, we probably wouldn't be able to remember things at a certain point, right? So... Mm -hmm. Do you think these gods have perfect memories? Which I think probably, right? Yes. So then in that case, I guess it makes sense she's not writing it down. But I think you still, in order to do a good statistical analysis, I think you've got to write some numbers onto a paper, you know? Right, just for organization purposes. Yeah, a little two plus four action. Like, that's hard to do in your head. That mental math is like a challenge. <laughs> Well, even if it's not hard, it just, you know, it takes up a little bit of a little bit of mental capacity that you could be spending somewhere else. Exactly. Exactly. I, I just think we need to we can't just chalk it all up to magic. OK, seriously, we need you need to, like, co codify this stuff because there's got to be some rules behind mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah. what if there's another one? Maybe there's other people that can do this and you've got a you've got a little school that you're going to make. We don't know that she's the only one. I love that no one has made any effort to figure out why this family is like this. They're like, okay, Helios and Percy or whatever her name was made kids that had these abilities. Interesting. Well, what are you having for lunch today? <laughs> They're not allowed to do it anymore. Okay. Sounds like that's over. <laughs> Wait, but can we still sleep with their no. kids? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can sleep with all their kids as much as you want. That's totally fine. <laughs> I think this comes into... This This is kind of something that, that Circe brings up, where the gods, because they have had these, like, inherent abilities that they don't need to, like, work on, there's no intellectual curiosity, I think. I don't know, though. You that know feels I mean? like the purest form 
of what a god would do. Like, a god doesn't want to dig in the ground and pull out a freaking root and be like, is this the right flavor? A god wants to just sit on their throne all day and think about stuff. But I mean, since they, since all of their stuff is inherent to them, they, they just like assume that that's the case for everything, right? So they're probably just like, the combination of Helios and Percy just makes witches. That's just like how it is. You're saying there's not a question of why for the gods. The gods don't care why something is or isn't. It just is. And so, right. so it just is a fact that when Helios and Circe's mom get together, they make witches. It doesn't matter why. Right. We don't know why. They just do. Right. And it's like, who I don't know why Circe doesn't have any power and her siblings do. They just, that's just the way that it is. Right? I don't know why Helios has these powers and other gods don't that's just like yeah roll of the dice it's what happened that's fate for you all right yeah okay all right that, one I have... of the reasons one of the reasons Circe is different that's right that's right luke i think this book is making an excellent case for why we need divorce the particular case that i'm thinking of is with uh persephone and Minos, Persephone being Circe's sister. Mm-hmm. And so Circe goes to meet her and she's made this like the Minotaur. She's made the Minotaur. And Minos is like, I hate this woman. She has made my life <laughs> terrible. Absolutely the worst. And Persephone's like, yeah, and you're stuck with me, you dumb idiot. Ha ha. Raise my weird Minotaur bull son. Like, you, we need to come to a legal agreement where these two people can separate because obviously it's not productive for one of them and their mm-hmm. well-being depends on them getting out of this agreement. So, like, come on. We need, we need this legal structure of divorce here. The other reason why we need it, Luke, do you remember when Persephone is talking to Minos and kind of mocking him and she mentions all like all these bodies of serving people, like serving women? And then we mm-hmm. go to Circe and she like has a moment where she's thinking about what's happening and what what Persephone is doing and why she's doing it. And so we don't we don't actually hear what's been happening. But this is like a well-known part of the mythology of what Persephone did to Minos. Do you want to know what she did to him? Tell me. You got to know. So, like, when Minos started cheating on Persephone with the serving women, she cursed him so that he would ejaculate serpents, scorpions, and centipedes whenever he wasn't with Persephone. And it would immediately kill whoever he was with. That's the thing that she did to him and is now mocking him for. That's the thing where she's like, hey, you've left like a pile of dead corpses back there covered in snake bites. Lol? Lol? Classic, classic Persephone prank. We need a divorce. 
Yeah. Ooh. If okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but the thing with that is that she implies in this book mm-hmm. that he didn't figure out about it. Like he didn't really understand what was going on for a while. <laughs> come come on, buddy. You know snakes aren't supposed to come out of there, right? <laughs> you know that's not how that works, right? He just he just can't figure out what's going wrong. Well, I mean, it was like, yeah. it was ancient Greece, right? They didn't really know a lot about anatomy. Maybe that's just what happens when you turn 40. Could be. Could be. You know, your prostate swells a little bit and snakes start coming out. And scorpions <laughs> it's a bit and centipedes. Painful, but that's just what happens. Yeah. Um, but, but I will say, can you imagine like after the first time trying it again? Can you imagine it happening once and then, sure, you're freaked out, but also you're pretty horny and you definitely aren't going to sleep with your own wife. So maybe round number two will work. And then the third one. Okay, I would get it. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But you do it a third time. It's like, okay, you're just asking to murder servants now. You're just like, you know what's happening. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to, it's hard to picture, you know? It's hard to put yourself in those shoes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Luke. It's They lived in a different time, I guess. A, di- a different time. That's what... That was the issue. Um, wh- one thing that I think is very interesting is that there are still astronomers. Like, you guys are getting killed every time you get something wrong. And you... <laughs> Like, like, what? What's the upside here? Stop applying to this school to be an astronomer. It's luck, Luke. They, uh, they just are in pursuit of knowledge and truth. You can't stop that quest. It's well, because imagine if you're the one who does figure it out. This, this kind of reminds me of in the three body problem how there was always like people trying to solve the the problem and and show how they'd fixed it and they never did and everyone but when they did everyone was so hype you know what i mean when yeah. somebody claimed to have solved it and you know figured out what the the route of the stars were everybody was like yes finally thank you <laughs> the the thing that i can't figure out about this one though is whether or not they know that it's Helios. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They've got to, right? Because, I mean, they're like worshiping him. So are they like trying to... Okay, okay. Here's... Are they are they doing it some kind of mathematical formula to figure out uh, like how long each day is? Which like, who can, like how how big of a difference does it make? Or are they like, I think Helios is in a good mood today. I think he's, I think he's going to stick around. I'm going to bet my life for some reason that he's going to hang out an extra 10 minutes today. Also, what ruler is being this particular about the time of a day? <laughs> I know. I know. 
<laughs> your best bud who you've known for years and is constantly like, hey, the sun's going to set in 20 minutes and is right all the time, gets it wrong <laughs> once and you're like dead. You are five minutes off dead. I missed the sunset today. I was going to go on a walk at 730 to catch the sunset. I left 730, but the sunset at 735. I hadn't got to my picnic spot yet dead kill him he's he's been right literally every other time kill him this time tough job i wouldn't i wouldn't want to be it somebody's got to do it though i would choose somebody's got to i guess for some reason (laughs) oh stupid idiots (laughs) (laughs) okay let's see what what have we what have we missed so far we've got a great exile She's got a lion hanging out, which I don't, I, I don't quite know how the animals think works. Like, so she didn't really do some kind of witch thing with the lion, did she? Uh, I think maybe partly. I think it's just at one point she mentions it's her like familiar, so I, I think it's just kind of a magical thing that any nymph or goddess out in the woods gets. Okay, and so. Maybe there there had been this lion. I think I think this lion existed on the island. I think she just she just kind of befriended it. You know, it's like that scene in Airbud when he goes to the basketball court and leaves the the snack pack for Airbud every day, and then slowly Airbud develops trust with him, and then they go on to win the championship. I think it's kind of like that. I ha- I haven't seen Airbud in a while so i don't know if that's how it happens but i'll take your word for it uh yeah that that's how it happens luke for sure is it, is it actually yeah dude he uses snack packs to convince Airbud to be his friend <laughs> it's crazy that's wild <laughs> okay we'll cut that we'll cut that yeah, maybe <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's that that explains it. Um, let's see. What else have we got going on? The because la- the last note that I have is just well, we've already said that the gods are not great. Um I think I'm basing that off of her when Circe realizes why her sister has birthed the Minotaur. The reasoning is just that like she wants attention. And, like, creating monsters is how you do it. It's just a prank, bro. Yeah, they're terrible. They're terrible. I don't know why anyone worships them. Well, I guess I kind of do, because, like, apparently they can really mess you up if you don't. But that's no fun. It's also... Another interesting thing about this book is there's not... Like, it's kind of already been spoiled in a way. Like, I know the thing with... Skyla or Skilla or whatever isn't gonna work because Odysseus has to go past her. So it's like she's right. she's gonna be a monster. It's not Cersei, I could tell you this. It's not gonna work, bud. <laughs> so your 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 qualm is that you've been spoiled already. Yeah. It's like you should have told me if I read Odysseus, like this is a prequel. I should have been warned that mm-hmm. If I read Odysseus, it's going to be spoiled. And the thing with the Minotaur, like, we all know what happens there. I know she's got a 
cow in her womb right now. You don't have to hide this from me, guys. I know what's in there. That's a that's a very good point. Um, Madeline Miller did not write this with with you, with your issues in mind. I think everybody. There should have been. Okay. I feel like there needs to be more spoiler warnings for a lot for a lot of stuff for this. You know what I mean? You're telling you're saying that in middle school, mm-hmm. whenever whenever you read the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. They should be like, hey, just so you know, there's like other stuff out there or about these stories. So, so. So here, maybe read Circe first. Here, we're going to start you on Circe and then you can read the Odyssey. Okay, I think that's fair. Think how much harder that would have hit. Finding out there was like a, a bull person in her womb that ate people's fingers if you didn't know what it was if you were like oh what kind of weird thing is she gonna give birth to and then it was like a bullheaded thing that ate people that's wild whoa that's insane that would have hit so hard (laughs) so i guess listener if you're out there point now a little bit and you haven't read any greek stuff before and this is hitting you for the first time, let us know what your reactions were. Because Luke and I don't get to experience that. But somewhere out there, I can almost guarantee there's somebody who does. And I want to hear, hear what you have to say about it. Just like, just tweet at us, post on our subreddit, wherever you want to do it. If you want to tweet, use the hashtag, uh, hashtag Greek spoilers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just got to know. I think that's... Can't can't wait to hear hear from hear from all of those people. All four. We've already been spoiled on on a couple things, and you know, like the prophecies in this book have also kind of spoiled us on a little bit. Like, all right, when when is Odysseus going to show up? I don't know. Every time there's a ship in the distance, I'm like, oh, is that one Odysseus? Even the first time, mm-hmm. the first time she was like, there's a ship in the distance. I was like, oh, is it this early? We're going to get Odysseus? Huh. Yeah, I did too. And then she was like, oh, it's one guy. And I was like, oh, dude, hmm, not Odysseus yet. Okay. But, uh, you know, at a certain point, he's going to show up. And when he does, Luke and I will be there to greet him on the shore with Circe and a big handful of hot takes. And just acting like dumb nerds. <laughs> <laughs>